Hey everybody, I'm Brooke and I sobered up August 2nd, 2016. Hi friends, I'm Suzanne and I sobered up December 19th, 1991. Together we got a lot of recovery and we host Seek Purpose, the podcast. Seek Purpose is a community that supports recovery, healing, and spiritual growth. We believe that sharing our stories can greatly impact our communities and collective action can impact the world. So stop scrolling and start listening, will ya? Right. Hey everybody, my name's Brooke. Hi friends, I'm Suzanne. And this is Seek Purpose, the podcast. Today we are really, really excited. We have Brittany Jade back with us and today she is bringing her mama Debbie with her to share the other side of addiction, what our family goes through and how they support us. So welcome guys, do you wanna introduce yourselves? Okay. Hi, I'm Brittany. Um, I am a recovering alcoholic. Um, I'm uh, Debbie and I'm Brittany's mom. We are so excited to have you. And I said earlier, uh, Brittany, when you were on last time and then mom came after with the kids and then we started chatting, you know, big part of our recoveries is, you know, it's not just us, it's really about the family. And those stories are, are just as important because of, um, you know, when we go through what we go through in our addictions, uh, our families are around us. So that's why I'm really grateful that you've come today to be able to give a voice a little bit for the family and the moms and so thanks a lot for coming Debbie <laughs> oh you're welcome yeah welcome. I think it is a huge thing right um mm -hmm. you know one addict one alcohol alcoholic affects a lot of people mm -hmm. a lot of people so um not just the moms right the dads the brothers the sisters um it's a family disease, you know, it's a family disease. And honestly, I think it's important too for the addict alcoholic to hear this side of it because when we are in our disease, we don't realize the people we are hurting, you know? We don't see that, we don't care about that. Um, so I think this is, this is important to see, you know, the, that you are hurting more than mm -hmm. just yourself. Absolutely. No question. Mm -hmm. Debbie, we want to know, did you, when did you know that um, your daughter had a problem with alcohol and drugs? Was that something that came up right away in her addiction or did that happen slowly over time? Um, I would say I knew that she had a problem with alcohol way early in her teenage years, right? When she first started drinking, um, I knew it was a problem because I would say you were about 13 and you know, it wasn't like she would have a couple beers, right? Uh, Brittany's always had a very vibrant, fun personality all the time. Um, and alcohol, of course, puts you there. And I think that, um, it, it wasn't just like beer, especially at that age, you know, I mean, I look back at it when we were young, right? And which was years and years and years ago, <laughs> um, you know, we would get like beers and like this lime flavored got vodka that would make you sick. Well, you know, nowadays they make it like Kool-Aid mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it, it, they make it like fun looking and it's like, um hers was i can remember like, which it is for a lot of people it's really fun for a lot of people and yeah it's not for yeah and um but when you're 13 and you know i wake up in the morning or in the middle of the night and you know she's having a few friends over and Brittany's always had a lot of a lot of friends not one or two a lot of friends right so it was always like Mom, can I have a few friends over? And my husband used to laugh and joke, and he would be like, oh, like all 450 of your MySpace friends? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, if, yeah, and all my 1 million friends on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can I? You know? Um, and so she's always had this fun, colorful personality to be around. Well, you know, you add a little bit of alcohol to it and it gets to be more fun. Mm. Well, so, but, you know, they're sneaking out of the house 
you know, I think that there must have been like four screens my husband had to keep fixing on the windows and the doors. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I would wake up in the morning and, or not in the morning, like three or four in the morning because I hear these footsteps all over the house. I caught one of your friends hiding in the closet one time, mm -hmm. you know, and there's muddy foot, and they would take their bikes and head off and miles in the country. Oh, yeah. And get blackout drunk in a tent. Like, from the beginning, like drinking was never about like never just like chill for me and like one or two. It was always yeah. So you so know, were when you you're a binge and you don't come home and I have to go looking for her and you know I'm already. I knew it was a problem. I knew it was yeah. a problem. You said you could see it in my eyes. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. It's... Everyone is always, well, everyone close to me, meaning you and husband, ex-husband, like, it's, there's, I can have, like, one sip of alcohol, and it's, like, very clear. Mm. Yeah, and, um, and even, you know, she, like I said, she's, she's an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Um, so just adding that to it, uh, the alcohol to it, it's, She's a fun person to be around, right? So, of course, um, we struggled, like my husband and her dad and I, we struggled with that throughout her teenage years. It's like, um, if if we said, you know, white, she said black. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was, I very, I was like very, very stubborn and like, I was going to do what I wanted no yeah. matter what. Like there was nothing that they could have done. They couldn't have been more strict because I would have just done my own thing anyways. Like I pray to God, my children do not end up like me, like mm -hmm. anything but me. Cause I well. was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Newsflash. <laughs> just taken from another mom with uh yeah. In recovery, dealing with the much better dealing in recovery. I do want to say that if you're in recovery and you're young, like yourself and you got young kids and you grow up, uh, it's much easier to handle it when, when you're sober yourself and understanding the disease. No yeah. question. Mm -hmm. Understanding the disease, I think, is a huge um, importance, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding it. You know, I didn't understand it at that time, even though I grew up with family members and I didn't understand, I didn't understand how to deal with people. You know, there's things that you learn. You know, I've, I've learned throughout the years uh, dealing with her and even my husband who, you know, isn't recovery. I don't know what, 17 years now. Oh, wow. There, there's no, like, don't even think about arguing with somebody under the influence. Mm. You know, you, you're not going to get anywhere at all. Yeah. Uh, so how old was I when dad got sober? 15? Uh, 17 or 18. Okay. You were a senior in high school. Okay. Yeah. A senior in high school. Mm. Um, so you so saw your so your husband got into recovery and you witnessed that too Brittany obviously was it so, uh, this is hard I don't know if I would call dad being in recovery my dad yeah. my dad is sober he doesn't drink but he has never done he's never worked any sort of program yeah. um, he never went to treatment my dad literally was able to quit cold turkey mm. which I think that was so hard for him to understand why it's been so hard for me and why I need to go to detox and rehab and I need meetings and people and all of this because like he was just able to quit cold turkey. Um, but he's an introvert. Yeah. Mm. And, and you're not, right? <laughs> like, um, I think he actually drank to socialize, right? Mm. Because we had a lot of friends and we would go out and go to parties and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember that from dad, though. I oh. remember his drinking by himself. He, um, right, because that's when you guys were kids right yeah. I mean we didn't go out as much because we were so involved with our kids mm -hmm. but um but he's more of an introvert right he's mm -hmm. um totally and you are not you know she has always whether she was drinking or not always loved people mm -hmm. uh she, you feel more comfortable being around a crowd than you do by yourself mm -hmm. um 
that's always so that's a big difference like there but a personality but getting sober honestly that was really hard for me at the beginning because I totally lost myself at the end to I only knew myself with alcohol Mm -hmm. I only knew how to work with alcohol like all of my work I would do my photography work hair everything was always done with alcohol if I wanted to make a phone call to someone I had to have alcohol in me to just to talk if I wanted to post a picture on Instagram I had to have alcohol in me so like getting sober um that was really scary for me because I remember thinking like oh I'm gonna be so boring I don't even know who I am anymore like that definitely took a few months you know I have a friend that just got out of treatment and she's like I'm really depressed like I don't is this normal and I'm like yeah it's normal but you have to stick through it you know like you'll get stronger and um you know you'll learn who you are and Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. you're anything yeah. but boring. Oh, my gosh. Like, watching you on TikTok and everything, it is so refreshing just to see how much fun and joy you're bringing into your life and recovery and for your kids, too, and how excited they are. I would really love to know um, when, especially with your dad, he, did he have, like, a drinking problem? Was it a problem? Was it an issue? Or was it just a little bit excessive? And with him quitting drinking and finding his own kind of path to recovery or whatever, did that – how did that affect your own journey into recovery? Like, did you think you could do it on your own because you saw him do it? Um, did you kind of resent him for it and drink at him or how did that affect your recovery? Honestly, that's a good question. I honestly didn't really compare my problem with his, I think because when I started getting sober at 19, you know, when I first went to treatment for the first time, I didn't really want it. Like, Mm that bad you know like I knew I had a problem but like I made sure to let everyone know in treatment that I only had a problem with cocaine like alcohol was not my problem because I wanted to make sure when I got out of there I could still drink Mm. um and I don't remember like I don't know there were some things like you know I feel like when with my dad even with me when you drink and you get angry you know like that kind of comes out and so I think like that was always kind of a like uh, I held that a little bit against him, but, um, and I, oh man, the amount of times that I tried to do this on my own mm-hmm. is like, actually that's like my next TikTok video I'm going to make is about how many times I tried to do it on my own. You know, like I tried so hard when I was 19, after I went to treatment for the first time, I literally bought a one-way ticket to California. I came out here one way to get sober on my own. <laughs> No destination plan, nothing. I was just going to, I came out here alone, 19 years old, and I was going to get sober on my own. Like, I don't know why I thought that that was a good idea. I've just always thought that I could do it, you know, like my way or the highway. And it's really taken a lot of years and learning to realize that like my way didn't get me anywhere. Um, And yeah, I, yeah. So so how is, how is that for you, mom? I mean, I mean, I'm a mom. I, I, I mean, Knowing you're, you're, I'm guessing at 19, from 13 to 19, I'm guessing you're figuring out pretty clearly that Brittany ha- had a serious problem with drugs and alcohol. And now all of a sudden your daughter's up in a plane and away from you. Like, how, what were you going through? How did you cope through that? Um, by the time she was like 19, so that was after you went to Aveda, right? Yeah. Okay. So by then, you had already was I'm not sure I don't remember if you had went to like Phillips a couple different times. I forgot what that was called. Um I in, only went there once. Yeah right? in Wisconsin. Yeah, I went to treatment once mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. But we had already, you know, been through quite a bit. And so I mean by then, right? Because the- when I drink I wanna I wanna kill myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had that was like, I was known for that. Like Brittany's going to the psych ward again. Brittany's going to the hospital. Cops are coming to our house because I want to die when I drink. Yeah. I mean, I remember one time we actually had to call the sheriff and they had to come in and they actually took the taser out Mm. because, um, and they kept telling her, you know, you need, you need to put the knife down or Mm. we're going to taser you because she had, sliced herself up quite good um so it's horrifying it's horrifying you know um but that's when her and i actually started doing a lot of research and 
you know, looked at and it started coming up that, okay, these are signs of borderline personality disorder. Mm. You know, not, you're not trying to harm somebody else. You're feeling so low about yourself that you don't, you think that you don't deserve to live. Right. So that's all, all of a sudden, when you start realizing that it's not just a drug and alcohol issue, now it's affecting your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, the two go hand in hand, whether, oh, yeah. you know, mental health starts the drugs and alcohol or, you know, through depression or anxiety or the alcohol and drugs starts the mental illness, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's, it, it's, they go hand in hand and that's what we we saw and you know once you start at least back then once you started going down the whole okay now she's got mental health issues not just drug and alcohol drug and alcohol rehab centers at the time most of them didn't do dual diagnosis Mm -hmm. so once we started looking at it we were like okay you know, there's some down in Florida that have dual diagnosis, some in California. So that's where I actually started looking at and her and I, and we were just like shocked, you know, we're looking this stuff up on the internet and going, oh my gosh, this is what's happening to her Mm -hmm. that, you know, she's feeling so bad about herself. And, you know, it, it doesn't help when you have, um, people that you know when they're getting so drunk passing out in blackout states you know um criticizing you and bringing you down even farther right Mm -hmm. and then it you know it used to be that was the day of technology too you know all of a sudden you know you wake up and you go to like high school your senior year and you know that somebody sent bad text messages out or not at that. It was like Instagram or not Instagram, but MySpace, um, MySpace, MySpace yeah. or the, what was the other one? The, the one I AOL. Used, yeah. Oh my AOL. God. I'm really old for saying that. Yeah. I'm like, I used to have a tracker. I couldn't believe, you know, and cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe the horrible things that people would say to someone. Like to and say when, to me? Yes. So you said you, you said you had a tracker. You had a tracker on on Brittany, or you were able to see and enter. Oh, like, on her deal. What are some of the, what, all all your friends? Yeah, you, all your oh, friends really? did. It's like, how does your mom know where we're well, where all your parties are? It's so sad. My memory. I swear it's from the drugs and alcohol, but I have the worst memory mm. ever. Like, it's really sad. I don't remember like a lot of major things. I think that's why I take so many pictures. So like, especially of my kids, like I think people are probably always like, she's always on her phone taking pictures, but that's how I remember my childhood strictly is through pictures. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember. But you have else. been, like, ta- you have that. been taking pictures since you were like in third grade. Yeah. Right? Oh, wow. She's been obsessed with taking pictures since she was like in third grade. It was a constant <laughs> weekly thing. We had to go to sharp photo to get oh, the, yeah. all of these you know, pictures develop. And then I crashed the car into the sharp photo building. Yeah. <laughs> I was sober though. <laughs> you were sober. Some of the things I've done, I'm like, oh, I was sober for that. Ooh, yeah, nice. I, know, like I, know, that. I know, I know, I wish I could say that, but. But I think that it was a huge thing at, at that time. And even now, how, how devastating that is for young teenagers. The bullying. The bullying. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, even the things that people say to me today, you know, I thankfully I've really been able to get over it and the haters and stuff. And honestly, I think people aren't that mean to me, but there, I mean, there was the, the first, when people first started saying mean things to me, like you don't deserve your kids back. Mm -hmm. Like you junkie, you know, all that stuff. Like I remember like crying my lips, sitting in my bed, having like anxiety attacks. And I like really had to think over like, Brittany, is this something you really want to continue doing? And then ultimately it just got to a point, you know, where like now that I'm actually, it's like physical proof that I'm helping people. And like, I get to talk to these women who have gotten to treatment. It's like, whatever you keep saying that about me, but like, I know I'm a good person. And, you know, just from like comparing how myself, how I used to be, you know, thinking about how I parent 
Mm-hmm. Even though a lot of things today, even in my parenting, come up, like, and it reminds, I, I still do things like I used to do alcoholically that I'm, like, not proud of, but, um, like, overall, you can't call me a bad mom because, like, I know what I used to be. Like, I'm not a bad yeah. mom today, um, you know, and. Well, you never were a bad mom. I know. I just made really bad choices. Well, and we all do. Uh, my kids were always my life, you know, yeah, like, yeah. it's never like I, like, neglected them or like I was with them every day oh you know? yeah all but... the time you were overwhelmed when you started drinking again this time after the twins were born you know you were overwhelmed you had no help out here you were trying to work do hair photos mm-hmm. you know take care of two little infants plus a three-year-old um that was overwhelming. You would call and tell me on a daily basis that, you know, and she's 2,000 miles away from me. Yeah, my mom lived in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, more like, you know, I'm just depressed. I'm full of anxiety. I'm like, you know, you got too much going on. You know, you need to take the kids to a sitter. But, you know, I mean. We couldn't afford it. I write. Right. And then I, I, I'm always been that person where I hate asking for help. Yeah. It's still hard for me to ask for a babysitter for two hours so I can go to the dentist. Like, I just feel so weird about that. And like now I'm like, mm, should I put the kids in childcare one day? And it's like, Brittany, you're working like 70 hours a week. You can't do that and take care of your kids all day. But I feel so bad, like asking people to help me. But it eventually, like it's it like, would be better. I came home today, and she had the kids today, and I said, kids have got to go to daycare. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, Orbeez. Yeah. The house is just they just trash the house. It's like you know what Orbeez are? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, it covered the floor today. Oh no. You, know? but you can't work. You know, nobody. Yeah. But I do. I've managed it. I've managed to be I a stay at home mom and work almost full time, like at the same time for years. But. but I think that's what led to so much anxiety and stress. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you had some um, postpartum depression mm-hmm. that, you know, at that time, she had to take all three kids to go to a doctor. No, I didn't go to the doctor. Though. Right. You know, I found someone that would prescribe me stuff without even like really yeah, sitting down with me, but cause I didn't have time yeah. to go to the doctor. I was like, who am I going to have watch my kids? I just didn't have any help. And at that time in my marriage, my, uh, him husband would, he didn't help with anything, mm-hmm. nothing. My, it wasn't until like the boys were like a year and a half, almost two to when he finally, for the first time in his life ever took the kids to do something by himself without me. And he took them and my mom had to talk to him on the phone and be like, you need to give Brittany a break. Mm-hmm. She needs a break. Take oh, the kids out of the house. Yeah. But remember, and it was perfect. then he comes back 15 minutes later. I'm like, no, it wasn't even 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> you know, and you understand, he actually grew up in a house where his mom was a stay-at-home mom. Right. You know, I worked, and so I took my kids oh, yeah, to His daycare. mom was super mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't. I My kids were at daycare Monday through Friday from mm-hmm. the time they were, like, three years old. And, and you loved it. Um, but I told him on the phone that one night, I said, no, you need to take the kids to the park. Cause guess what? I'm 2000 miles away. And you know what? I want to talk to my daughter without these kids bothering her. Mm-hmm. And I said, take them to get ice cream. Right. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. On the phone. And, um, all of a sudden so I'm like, oh, okay. He took him to get ice cream. Right. So Brittany and I are in our head are thinking, go to McDonald's, get the ice cream, then go to the park for an hour, right? Well, we didn't specifically say that. I'm literally on the phone with mom still, and I'm like, he's back. He's back, mom. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know. He like took him minutes. up to the convenience store, got him the ice cream, and came back home. You know, um, and that's what, you know, it was just something. And you know what I feel the need to say right now? He has done so much work on himself today. Like, you know, so. Um, oh, that's good. I, I feel the need to say he's he's a really 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 good dad. Yes. you know yeah. um, he actually has because you know what they have share fifty fifty custody, and um, and he actually took the kids away from her um, for a while, 
So he's been he's been forced to realize, right? Yeah. How much it, it was takes. that I was doing on my own. It's all, and it's, he said that to me multiple times now. He's yeah. like, I'm sorry, you know, like I, I'm, it's a lot. I'm sorry that I wasn't. Yeah. I didn't help you. And he's like, I realize how much you had to do now. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. And I think that's that, so relatable. How, 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 um today like being a work at home mom is kind of the new norm and it is stressful and your kids are home and sometimes they're not even at school and you're not getting a break anymore and the amount of parents that are coping with alcohol right now is staggering when I first joined TikTok that's all I was seeing was moms drinking at home during the day with their kids and um yeah to get through that and then what kind of tools are you using now that you're sober I'm sure your kids are still a handful that doesn't really change just because we stopped drinking um, what yeah. tools do you use now to help cope with yeah. those days? Uh, so it's funny you say that. Cause I remember, you know, when I like people would, you know, my friends would come over and like see my kids and they'd be like, it was used as like a joke. They'd be like, Oh, no wonder why you drink so much, Brittany. Like, no wonder why, you know, it was used that like drinking was okay to do if you're a mom, um, which I get it. Like some people can, you know, some people can just can joke about drinking because they don't drinking because they don't have a problem with it um but for me it was definitely a problem so what am i doing now um honestly i i feel like i need to do a lot more but the the one thing i do is i stay i stay really busy um and like boredom i just don't do well with it but honestly at this point i'm like dying for the day that i finally get to sit down like watch netflix like i just am always doing something um because I'm scared of boredom, you know, like mm. what, what happens if you sit still, what, yeah. what, will, what will happen? Mm-hmm. I was bored. I don't know. My mind gets racing and I've tried it, but then like, it's just like, I'm thinking, Oh, I should be doing this right now. I shouldn't just be sitting here. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need this. But, um, and so that, I mean, I, I've learned a lot of tools from my meetings that I go to. Um, just like how to have more patience, you know, and honestly talking to my kids, like I've straight up, cause I've had two panic attacks in sobriety, um, which I thought that those only happened. Do you know what? Are you looking at me? Cause you're shocked. <laughs> oh, the two panic attacks? Yeah. You haven't been home for them. It's been when I'm at home with the kids oh. and I'll have to sit down and I have to fully explain to them, like, listen, okay remember how mommy was sick before? Like mommy can't get to that point anymore. So what we're doing with this, it's usually the panic attacks are usually over. Like the kids are screaming and tantrum and like not listening and throwing a fit. And I just have to explain to them, we need to be really careful when we get crazy like this because mommy can't risk possibly getting sick again. And when you guys get crazy, I don't know how to handle myself, you know? And I think the boys don't really understand that much, but um Violet definitely does you know Mm -hmm. she remembers that time she even still today she looks at whatever I'm drinking you know Mm -hmm. Uh, I noticed it when I used to drink I never would drink like an actual like beer with a can like I would always pour it in a cup but I would always catch her eyes like glancing at my drinks and she still even does that today and she'll even ask me like what are you drinking um and I do that though I do that like I don't, I don't, I don't hear a lot of other like alcoholics or addicts talking about it, but if I go to a restaurant or even in the gas station, my eyes like go straight to the alcohol. Like it's so weird. And it's like, I just automatically am like eyeing it up. It's not like I'm going to go run and drink it, but I just notice it all around and it it bothers me. I don't think it'll ever change though. You know, Mm. I think that's just how, does does it do that for you guys at all? Yeah, definitely. I was actually last year with my husband in Penticton in BC and we're having a romantic dinner and of course we're sitting talking to each other and I got saw this couple get up and leave and my husband looks at me goes are you thinking what I'm thinking I'm going yeah why the hell they leave booze on the table (laughs) both him and I who are in recovery both noticed how much alcohol they left on the table and they got up and left and we're like what is wrong with those people (laughs) so yes to answer to your question but still I still noticed it when I walk in the room um yeah oh yeah so it's good good thing for you to know mom (laughs) it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me people drinking or carrying on even when i go to places and people are drinking it doesn't bother me i just i just notice it i'm just very hypersensitive to right yeah 
Yeah, I'm like trying to like ease into it a little bit. Like honestly, you know, I'm 11 months sober now. Um, I haven't been around alcohol. Like anytime there's been a situation where I knew there was going to be alcohol there, I just chose not to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm at the point now where like I want to go to these things. You know, there's certain big TikTok events like that I want to go to, and there's going to be alcohol there. So I'm like kind of trying to like ease into it a little bit, and like I feel most comfortable. It's funny, like my my close friends are like, we don't want to drink around you, and I'm like, I know, but like honestly, like. I need to start easing in. Like, I don't want to be, I'm, if there's a big party and there's shots going around, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. But if we're just like hanging out and like, they're all casually having a glass of wine, you know, like I, I, so I told them that I was like, I think, you know, I feel most comfortable. Like you guys wouldn't let me drink, you know? And, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's almost like too, at this point where I feel like people are almost like treating me like, I'm like disabled because of this. Like, <laughs> oh, we didn't ask you because there's going to be alcohol there. And I get it. It's so hard for other people. Like they don't know, you know, yeah. the right things to say. And so I think that's, you know, like that's what I really want to do on my, um, with that I'm doing on my platform is like one showing that recovery, like can be fun. Um, and two, just kind of like showing, trying, trying to show like, both sides and just like the journey, you know, mm-hmm. through it. It brings me up a, a good thing as far as around the family. Cause that's, uh, you know, mom, <laughs> Yeah. when, when, when you have functions and obviously with family and having Brittany in recovery now, how is a family reacting now that she's sober? Is there still, is there still apprehension? Like, Oh my gosh, she's going to go to this or, or that fear of her going backwards. Um, well, so our family is in Wisconsin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and she has been, you know, sober before, but you know, I don't have alcohol at family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nor will My mom's I. never been a drinker. I mean, I used to, you know, but no, I've gone through this too much. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. I don't like you know what, when I go to the grocery stores, I'm, I'm kind of like, why do they have the alcohol right next to the exit right before you leave? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no, I, I don't. And I don't but have she, alcohol. You, but you have at, gotten worried when I'm out with friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just not the alcoholic or yeah. the addict that maybe will have anxiety about seeing these things, mm-hmm. right? It's, oh yeah, it, it brings up anxiety with my, my anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. It's like um, big time. So why would what do I- you do? What do you do? What do you do in that situation when that anxiety comes up for you? I mean, for other parents, if I'm looking online here and there's uh, quite a few that have come on that are parents that are currently either actually one gal in particular that, you know, has somebody that's still in active addiction and as a parent looking, you know, obviously at that desperation, what would you, what would you say to her in, in this situation? Well, certainly like I, I went and got help, right. I mm-hmm. went through my own recovery program. Um, you know, I, I read literature all the time because I'm in recovery from this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to learn that my serenity is just as important as the alcoholic or the addict finding theirs. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that, you know, you focus on, you know, yourself. My serenity is just as important. You know, you learn things like detaching with love, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe not how to, you know, the difference between enabling and being a supportive person in their recovery, Mm -hmm. you know, versus in enabling their recovery. I mean, I had the last time I had to tell Brittany that, and this was, you know, the last time when I, you got on that plane to come back home to Wisconsin, because I said, Brittany, there's something, you've got some seriously things wrong with your mental health. We've got to get you to a doctor. This isn't just 
alcohol and drugs. You've got some mental health issues bad again. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I, it's like, uh, I got lost in my train of thought. Um, well, I think, I think what we need to talk about mom is honestly right before I got sober the last mm -hmm. time. Yeah. You know, and well, like, I was, that yeah, was it. That, I know. I think that's where we're kind of getting. Yeah. So the last time I, the, I, she actually told me back like in November. And so this was February 9th is your sober date. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, when she actually went to the detox center, um, it was, it was right before that, a couple of weeks before that, you know, I joined, I joined a recovery group, right? Mm -hmm. Elena. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I can remember the first day I went to my first meeting, <clears throat> a Saturday morning, and, you know, I didn't know anybody. And I did, I sat down with, you know, three older men I didn't know. I'm like, is this the Elena meeting? And I sat and bawled. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to say anything. I just bawled. And they were so welcoming. You know, and, you know, they gave me clinics and they're like, you don't have to say anything, but this is where you're supposed to be. They helped me through so many dark days because my daughter was way out here and her alcohol and addiction was so bad at the time. And my grandkids were out here. Um, but they helped me with my recovery, helping me get stronger and not, you know, in not feeling like I'm enabling her. Um, there were things that, um, I needed to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went religiously to my meetings, Saturday, Sunday morning. Um, I found an, another one on Monday. I read my literature every morning for a half hour to an hour. I went through the steps. I prayed to God, you know. So uh, the people that are in, in the family and the friends, they need to find their own recovery. Um, out here. I found a very good friend, Aunt Jeanette, <laughs> yeah. um, who is my support here, and I'm her support um, out here. So we help each other out, you know? We're always like, because we get concerned and stuff, and <clears throat> we're always like, stop the chatter, stop what, you know, stay in the present, get our books out. Bring us back. We don't have any control over the alcoholic, the addict. Um, we need to find our high, higher power, mm -hmm. right? They have their higher power and we have ours. Um, that has helped tremendously. I don't know how I would find my serenity without it. I think it's really important that um, you get the stigma away from having to go uh, to a support network for that. Um, it, 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 to me, that was my answer. It really was. Um, and I cried many times there. And a lot of times, you know, they just listen to you, but um, you, you find and you build the tools to help you through it. <clears throat> you find empathy mm -hmm. for what the alcoholic or addict is going through. You know, I mean, there's so many times you have to sit and think, you know, why can't you just stop? Just go to bed, you know, when, when they're. Oh, yeah. I can't even tell I mean, how many times we talk on the phone and she'd be like, just go to bed, Brittany. Like, okay, mom. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, and you think, oh, just go to bed, just go to bed, go to sleep, you know, but. Um, Do you think, um, I, I'm really so grateful that you're sharing about that because so many families, um, think that we go, they go to the addict and alcoholic, like get yourself together. What's going on with you? Here's yeah. all the help go here. We, we called this, we did this and you're, you're doing everything you can to give them the information to get help. And we're all forgetting that this, it, it can really start with us getting the help and us going to the meetings and, you know, or going and getting, making that phone call to the doctor and my mother too, same story 30 years ago. 
it was her nervous breakdown over my escapades of anxiety and all that comes from you know caring and loving a daughter in addiction and it was her who sought help that learned and was able to like you were saying give that empathy and understanding and not enable but still love that got saved my life you know it is a disease and people have to accept that and i i wish it would be more taught that way Mm -hmm. in families you know it needs to be there needs to be an awareness Mm -hmm. that addiction and alcoholism is a disease Mm -hmm. and you know find empathy you know what um diabetes juvenile diabetes is a disease that doesn't mean you you tell you know somebody that's a child a diabetic you know don't eat sugar you know, make sure you're eating this, make sure you're eating that, make sure you're checking your blood. Um, they need to learn, you know, their recovery. So they need their program. Um, but we need ours too, but it's a disease. And, um, I think through the tools you find it when you start looking at it as a disease, uh, you have to find empathy and you think about how horrible they're not out there having a blast and having a fun if oh they're God, I blackout was miserable rocks. i was miserable the they're end. feeling so horrible i mean you have to sit and think can you imagine feelings that horrible about yourself that you think that you don't even deserve to live anymore mm. you know so you have to i think learn to put yourself in their place mm-hmm. before you can actually start um, understanding where they're coming from, um, I think. And not everybody will take will, will care enough to do this. Yeah, you know, I, that was that was one thing with my marriage was like, I really had told him like, Elanon, 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 you know, and he never went. Um, it's more of why do, and it's not just him. You know, a lot of times I think people are like, why do I need to go yeah. for their problem. Well, I love my daughter enough. I loved my grandkids enough to know that I did not want them growing up without this beautiful mother that they have that loves them so dearly that, you know, I, I didn't want that to happen mm-hmm. at all. And so you know, I think it's a real uh, um, Dr. B. Do you guys follow Dr. B on TikTok? No, no I love him. Okay, you I got know. another one. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Every day we have a conversation. This you follow this person? I'm like, no, Mom, never heard of him. Oh. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> okay, we're gonna check out Dr. B. He's um, he's very knowledgeable, but he said, you know, you have to learn to not enable, but empower recovery mm-hmm. and give them the power to recover. Um, and, you know, don't chase them in their addiction. Don't yeah. bring them down about it. It's a disease, right? They already feel horrible enough. They're not, when they're that bad off, they are not out there having a good time. They yeah, I remember are... that last time when I was out there. Yeah, who I... did you who did you call, Brittany? Like, uh, as far as that last moment just before you got sober, did you include mom in that cry for help, or was did you cry? I was, for... I was so out of it every single day, you know, because know. that's when I started using and like, oh, you know, I I just didn't want to feel anything, and like I honestly I don't even remember what it felt like to be high like that's how out of it was but I remember her calling me and I talking to her a couple times on the phone and I was really sick like I remember one time I was at a smoke shop and I like had gotten sick in the smoke shop and I went outside and I sat down on the curb and some random stranger came up to me and he gave me a rock and he was like I just want to pray for you like even this random stranger could tell how bad I was you know um and I remember her just like, she was, I couldn't communicate with my kids at that time. I had no contact with them, but she could. And so that's why I was kind of like, um, talking, but I remember talking to dad one time and like, dad was like, 
Brittany, your mother is like, I've never seen her like this. Like, yeah, that was the week that I call it. And we can talk about this now and I can kind of laugh about this now <laughs> because you have to find some humor in. Yeah. Thank God we can laugh about this stuff. now. We right have now. to, right. Mm -hmm. You know, she went on a shopping spree. <laughs> this is why I was kind of like telling her, it's like, okay, this is not you, you, this is not normal behavior. I knew this. And I knew that it wasn't just alcohol. Okay. Because, and, and her and I have always stayed in close contact, even when, I mean, once you went to detox, uh, the two days getting up to detox, right. Um, was horrible. I'm 2000 miles away and I'm on the phone and I know that she's going in and out of consciousness from alcohol. She's not taking a nap. Yeah. I know this. She's going in and out of consciousness because it's every two hours. Mm. And I know when she's getting up, it's a bottle that she's got. Right. But you know, you, you know, you can't, you know, get done. And, and honest to God, you guys, I can ask her. I don't even ask her at that point. It's like, why ask her? Are you drinking? Oh no, no, Never. Oh, no, mm -hmm. no. Me, she would always say, no mom, what makes you think I'm drinking? Uh, if I was talking to you on the phone, I was drinking, you know, like yeah. that. So I, I didn't even like ask, you know, but so the last time was, um, I knew that you were probably doing whatever, because I know she was in a bad place because her husband had had pretty much kicked her out again and taking the kids away from her so i knew again, again. pretty much kicked me out again. again pretty much took the kids away from me again, again. left her homeless but thankfully no thankfully girlfriend here um i was about the classiest homeless person ever because <laughs> i had perfect credit when i was homeless and the guy i was with just we opened like ten thousand dollars worth of credit cards in a week oh. which which was, I just got just paid off one of them today. It felt really good to oh, wow. pay off a couple, but so here's the thing. So my best friend out here who is like my support person, Aunt Jeanette <laughs> is, is the mother of uh, the, guy the guy that, she that I was, met I was in like detox. homeless with. Yes. And you Which know that what? Guy is now in prison. Oh yeah. Wow. And, um, so, and we are really close and actually I reached out to Jeanette when, that week that she was like MIA, um, I reached out to Jeanette and I'm like, uh, do you know Brittany Jade? And she's like, and, and that's only because I got her phone number because I could look at, she's still on our family plan. And oh yeah, everyone has a really hard time wondering how I was homeless with a phone. Well, I do. So I can keep track with my yeah. grandkids, right? I have yeah. their iPads and stuff like that. I'm 2,000 miles away. Well, and that was our thing. She lived all the way over there, and she's like, I want to pay for your phone because, like, that's the only communication I have with you and the kids, and, like, that's just what And actually, I will say this. She has always, always, always been very good about answering her phone, sending me texts, sending me pictures. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone is like that, right? She has always been so. At least you know they're alive. Mm -hmm. and you're bringing up the the children uh, at this point when they weren't. Obviously, Brittany, you were in a place that maybe you obviously were still maybe speaking to them. But as a grandma, what what did you tell? Did they ask questions to you? Uh, did you, what, did, what were you able to tell the kids? Um, yep. What's going on with mom? That week that she was gone that week, I actually had a really hard time. Her husband asked me one time, I had a really hard time. Um, and I told him, I, I just couldn't talk to the kids at mm. that time. Because at that time, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know if, I don't know. Mm. I don't know if she's going to make it. I don't know what will happen. I don't know. I don't know. And so that week I didn't talk to the kids a lot. And I know it was just too hard because I'm starting to think, you know, I'm, I'm learning, right. I need my serenity too. Mm -hmm. Right. 
um, I remember a couple different times when talking to you, I, I was starting to make it clear that I can't, I can't be in your life. Yeah. Unless you're in recovery. I can't, I can't be there. I need my life. I can't be in there. And it's like, um, and I, me, I'm like, fine, you know, <laughs> fine. And she, I remember her saying that she was going to have to turn my phone off. And yeah. so I went to the sprint store all high and ended up opening up a phone for this, that guy in my name somehow. Honestly, I'm still to this day. I'm like, that's Sprint's fault, but Brittany, you were high. Like, <laughs> get over it. So, so just today, finally, Sprint called me, the debt collector, and was like, yeah, you have a, you have a bill with Sprint. I was like, oh, yeah. I thought that was just disappeared, but I just, I paid it off that month. But... Oh, man. Oh, that's so how does bad. it feel? Um, so how does it feel now? Oh, sorry, you go, bro. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I know, like, you're talking about, um, not being able to see her and not being able to talk to the kids, not knowing whether or not she's alive. And I know that feeling so well, um, with my brother, it was like, every time the phone rang, I would get anxiety. Cause I was just, if I didn't recognize the number or if it was my mom and my mom called more than once, I was my, my body, my brain, everything felt like this is it. This is the call I've been waiting for. And I'd be so scared. And I can imagine like what is it like now that that's over like you she's in recovery she's doing so well what do you feel like now what's the freedom and you also moved from Wisconsin oh you know, I am so proud this time in recovery um and this is one thing I noticed with my husband's when he did and it was about eight months mm -hmm. eight months in recovery where I think uh you can finally have some sense of serenity mm -hmm that they have taken the responsibility of their own recovery. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, you, that is a huge step. It's a huge relief, right? I, with her recovery, she has done a, an enormous, and I'm so proud of her for this time through recovery because she has taken that responsibility, mm -hmm. right? I don't know when her meetings are, but you know, she'll come rushing in here. I got, oh, I got a meeting, mom. I got a meeting. Um, you know, she has, I think working a 12 step program has done amazingly things with your mental health. Right? Yeah. Um, amazing working a program and you've done a really good Chuck on here. Yeah. Christian. <laughs> yeah. Christian. He just came on. He's like, I oh, love you. Yeah. Too. yeah. He's like, he has done heart, heart. an job working his program. Yeah. You know, I can, I can tell it. It's like, uh, you know, the first, you know, it's great. I mean, every step, you know, one day at a time, you know, you, they go through detox. Uh, when she was going through detox, it's oh. every day, every day. I was just like, I'm so glad you are still at the detox center. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I clawed that detox center every day. And I'm sure that that Jeff was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, Jeff, Jeff, at one point Jeff was like, your mom keeps calling and I might have to, I might have to stop. I might have to block her number at this point. <laughs> don't, don't be, don't be doing that because yeah, don't be doing that. Cause they teach you, they teach you in the program when you're families, I learned this even in recovery is that we'll do everything we can to support our, our, our kids that are doing everything they can to get to clean. So we're uh, actually got permission to make all those phone calls now. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not going to do that. They're helping. Now I'm going to be here. <laughs> yes. Right. And they were, I think that the detox center did a really good job. Oh they yeah. I threw in. major tantrums in that detox center, like day three. Oh, oh yeah. I packed up all my shit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm leaving. This is bullshit. I want to go to meetings. And they're like, Brittany, like, you have your high still your prescribed Valium for your alcohol withdrawals. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm sober. And he'd be like, Brittany, once you walk out that door, like you can't come back. And honestly, I was like, shit, I, I just thought of her and I'm like, I can't leave. Cause yeah, because I? I actually did tell Jeff that I said, here's the thing she needs to know. Cause he would tell me, no, you can't talk to her yet. She's too fragile. He'd, yeah. which I really think was uh, the best thing. Right. But I did tell him, I sent him a text and I said, just so you know, that if she does leave detox, I'm shutting the phone off. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I'm not going to, you know, that was one thing that 
And that would have been horrifying because, you know, people from two, I've been to treatment like a total of five times, including all my outpatient and people from two of them have found me on TikTok and messaged me and were like, Hey, I work here. Do you remember me? And I'm like, yes. Can you please tell everyone here that I'm like doing good? You know, cause <laughs> I'm sure once you like leave a rehab facility, like, you know, you don't really get to check back in. Um, I remember Jeff telling me because I was like, you know, telling him blah, 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 too much. And he goes, you know what? I'm here for her detox. And that's just to get her through detox, not mm. mental health things. Cause it was just detox. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing he, I kind of learned from him and he was right. Right. They're right. Um, another thing that uh, I have a um, sister-in-law who actually is a director of a drug and rehab center with dual diagnosis in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin. And I was contacting her at that time and she gave me a lot of information, a lot of really helpful, helpful, you know, and she said, Debbie, if you talk to Brittany, you know, within the first three to five, six, seven days of detox, she said, beware. She's going to lash out at you and she's going to lash out at you because and Pete, anybody that, um, yeah, her dad, Mm -hmm. anybody that she knows she's probably hurt the most. Mm. They're going to lash out. And she did, right? She did. And she lashed out at me and I still do that though. I know. (laughs) The anger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to go to counseling. I didn't tell her. That's so good. (laughs) a long it's it's a long it's not i think that's also what everybody uh doesn't talk a lot about in in once you're in recovery right it's like oh we're sober now yeah it's all fun but after the fun and you come home it is the feelings that are starting to come up especially the first year when you start recognizing and hearing your family talk about the hurts right Mm -hmm. like i mean it's just sitting here today with my mom and asking her, Hey, I've got, you know, mom coming on. She was so excited. And I, we had the moment, like I'm how many years sober. I still think of, of, of things from my mom's perspective, you know, of how difficult it was, but to be able to be gifted now in recovery and hear your family's journey and be able to love them back and be able to, you know, do that. Like what I see you both doing now is just awesome. All the support that each of you, you give your daughter is just incredible. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, when I think about it, I get super emotional. I've shared about it on Instagram a few times, but like, you know, all the stuff that like I put her through and she's like really stuck by my side through it all. And, you know, when I like got custody of my kids back in February, it was like, you're not going to let me have my kids if I don't have a home. I can't afford a home by myself right now. Like I was just basically homeless and, you know, she stayed out here. She left my dad who she's still married to. She left her good job. Um, yeah, so, um, a lot. yeah, it's, it's, it's your family, right? Mm-hmm. I, um, do you have my... any regrets? No, because yeah. that's, that is, that is, I mean, a lot of people don't know that part of the story between the two of you is that you did, you have a husband, you have a life and, you know, and, yeah, you... and, you know, I mean, it's tough on him and yeah, you know, um, it, at the time, you know, I thought to myself, oh, what am I doing? But I thought, you know what? People do this in the service all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, so I, I did what, and my husband has been very good, mm-hmm. very good. Um, all summer long when I would tell him, because, you know, then COVID happened and right. stuff like that. But he's been really, really uh, supportive of the decision that I made without even asking him. I said, honey, this <laughs> is Older what... Brittany. Uh, you know, <laughs> he says, well, he goes, I've known you. He goes, you're going to do what you think you need to do. And so he's been very supportive, my son. Um, so, um but yeah, it's, um, but the one thing I do want to mention because it's getting, uh, almost, yeah. we're almost up in time mm-hmm. is one of the things my sister-in-law gave me that I did not know was about pause post acute withdrawal syndrome mm-hmm. for when people are starting to maybe, you know, get on a maintenance plan if they have, um, you know, or two months, three months, or even a month two months uh, of sobriety 
pause. You need to learn about pause because mm. these are things that are going to come up. And so, and she sent me a huge pamphlet on that. You know, they're not sober and they're not out of addiction in 30 days, maybe yeah. physically, but they're not They're, right. You know, it takes, I was really depressed. I remember eight months to uh, a year, two years to actually get their brain recalibrated. Mm -hmm. Right. She had to go to a psychiatrist and get meds to help with that. She's coming off them now, but I'm literally off everything <clears throat> now again, yeah. which is that's it's so amazing. amazing. I mean, like, there's nothing wrong with being on medication, but I didn't and want to be. I didn't to have be. To, yeah, I had you to be. You had to be. Because... My brain. Okay, so I, I did this thing, a brain balancing, too. I don't yeah. know if you ever heard of brain balancing. Really mm -hmm. quick, I'll just talk about it. It's like you hook all these things up. And so when I was in addiction, I went. And, like, she was like, wow. Like, it, it was my brain was very, very imbalanced. And then once even I got sober, I think around, like, six months, I went back. And she was like this is the most like normal brain I've seen, oh, you know? Wow. Yeah. She's like, it's so much better. And I remember, but I, I think that when people are really struggling, I think that, you know, like with alcohol, you know, a detox center, you need to detox physically mm -hmm. or, you know, cause you can die from those type of withdrawals. Oh yeah. I have yeah. the hardest time. Um, and then a rehab and a program. And it's not, and it takes a lot of time. Brittany, you spend 15 to 20 hours, even now a week on her program, working her steps, working her sponsor, going to her meetings. Um, and I'm so thankful that she's taken that responsibility on herself. That is so I don't have to tell her, right? So I'm super proud of her for that. <laughs> um, Thank you so much. And I have much. my own, right? I have my own. I still might read my books. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, and I can use them for other things, not just her, you know, not just her. I use it for my other things, mm -hmm. work, um, my marriage it helps so this is so it's really wonderful hearing about all of that the whole session and the whole um your story of hearing how your family's coming together in recovery now your husband your ex is now um sounds like he's getting some recovery for himself and and the family and mom and dad mm -hmm. it's I wish we had it like two hours. We need you yeah. back. Yeah. So much here. Thank you so much. That <laughs> was incredible. When mom and I go live, we used to go live all the time, but we would just. Oh yeah, we're live. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and sharing. I that the TikTok recovery um, network out there is huge for the recovery group. It's amazing. You know, I would recommend that for anybody, mm -hmm. any parents struggling. Brandy has been great. Um, you, guys know, you guys know who Brandy? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I know yeah. her. Yeah, with her daughter. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, it's... Um, I think it's amazing that she's sharing that yes, experience. Yes, she Because is. That's, that's not a lot you hear of. Right. The whole account from a mother dealing with... Oh, Brandy and Brooke. Yeah. yeah. With a grandchild. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah that's so powerful. Um, I honestly, I wish we had so much more time. This was just so great. I think there's been a lot that we talked about today that hasn't come up yet on our podcast. We're so grateful to have a mother's perspective and how you really shared like that unconditional love. I think honestly, it's the only thing that saved my life. And I think you've given that to your daughter and, and it sounds like it saved her life. And um, I, I know you're giving hope to people out there that are struggling with their children in addiction and afraid of getting that phone call. So thank you so much for being here and sharing. And for anyone that doesn't know how to get a hold of you, where can they come and find you and and hang out with uh, you, Brittany and Debbie, more? Oh, <laughs> my, my TikTok. Yeah, her TikTok. Um, I have a TikTok, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on it that much, yeah. right? I don't have Brittany videos. Jade with five underscores on TikTok and Instagram. Mm. Uh, that's that's where she's at yeah <laughs> oh, that's that's so awesome. I, thank you again for thank coming you so by. much and anybody yes. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We are thrilled to have you as a part of this community and we are really trying to grow and reach more people. So there's a lot of ways you can get involved. Um, one is going to our website. There's some really great resources there. Yes. And the most exciting part is checking out those GIFs. Or what do you call them? Gifts. I call them gifts. You call them gifts, whatever. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> so when you're actually enjoying your sober life and you're going and you're posting on your Instagram, please just go to Seek Purpose and check them all out and tag us. Yeah. I want to see what you guys are doing out there in sober life. Yeah, we also have filters actually we've been putting out as well. There's so much you can do um, through so social media with Seek Purpose, like like, comment, share, all of our posts, really get involved with this community. There's so much help out there for you and so much connection here we've been finding. Yeah, and you know, the one thing that we have learned in recovery is asking for help. So we're gonna ask for help and just become a patron mm -hmm. and come help be a part of this community and help it grow. And uh, we'd love to have you. If you want to become a patron, we have a link on our website that you can click. And there's some really cool perks of becoming a patron with Seek Purpose. So we hope you check that out. And obviously, if you review this podcast on whatever podcasting app you're listening to, it's going to help us reach more ears and get that message out of recovery. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. We have so much more in store. And uh, as our, our little community grows, our collective there's exciting things that are happening that are coming out uh, that we can't wait for you to be involved with. So stay tuned and uh, stay connected.